welcome to the Real Food Mamas podcast. This is Stephanie Grinke. I am a registered dietitian and a mom of two boys, and I'm an expert at helping women balance their hormones naturally. I'm passionate about everything related to fertility, pregnancy, the postpartum period, and babies. And you can find out more about myself and my services at rockyourhormones.com, and you can check out my program, Healthy Mama, Happy Baby, which I created with the co-creator of The Whole 30, Melissa Hartwig. And you can see what's happening in my crazy household over on Instagram at Rock Your Hormones or on Facebook. My co-host is Agley Jacob. She is a real food registered dietitian and mom, and she's also the author of the book and cookbook, Digestive Health with Real Food. She's passionate about digestion, real food, yoga, trees, and chocolate, and she loves working with like-minded people. You can find out about her nutrition and health coaching program at radicatanutrition.com, and make sure to check out her bloat-free forever online course, which includes a free seven-day low FODMAP and gluten-free meal plan with recipes to help you get rid of the bloat, improve your digestive health, and feel better in your skin. Today's episode, we have one of my favorite people and favorite programs, and I'm so excited to share with you. Dr. Lindsay Matthews created BirthFit. She is a chiropractor and a doula and just knows so much about pregnancy and postpartum health. I could not hold back and not share her with you. Um, on this interview, we talk about her program, BirthFit, and the four pillars of BirthFit, which are fitness, nutrition, mindset, and chiropractic work. And we talk about how each of those philosophies helps women really rock their pregnancy and their birth and go on to enjoy their motherhood. The interview is raw. It's real. There's a little bit of swearing, which we edited out. And the audio quality isn't the best, so I apologize. I know there's some keys that are in the background. So I apologize. The information is there, and, and it's all good. And I really hope you enjoy this interview. So without further ado, let's get started. Well, we are so lucky to have Dr. Lindsay Matthews on our podcast today. I've been following her stuff on BirthFit for a really long time. I love her podcast. I've been following her prenatal programming, and she's got so much to share. So I, I want to make sure that you um, you share your story and your 5 billion credentials to our audience so they can get to know and love you as well. Awesome. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, I guess, uh, in a nutshell, my, do you want me to start with the long version or the short version of my story? <laughs> Can you do medium? Medium's <laughs> good. Okay. Um, yeah, so I grew up like, uh, standard American in, in Texas. Um, if you've seen the show Friday Night Lights, that's pretty much my high school journey. Um, Lindsay, I have to interrupt you because I actually watched Friday Night Lights when I was in labor, <laughs> my last birth. Oh, my God. Yeah, I got there about five minutes of it, and I was like, nope, the contractions are too strong. Yeah, I, so can't, funny. I can't do two things. <laughs> okay, uh, sorry. Yeah, so that was my high school experience. Um, I uh, I grew up with asthma, so like I have probably three big milestones that were part of my childhood um, growing up years and growing up with asthma was one of them. And, um, I grew, I, well, I had to go to the hospital one year and they threw me in ICU. Like it wasn't a good experience. Um, they didn't think I would make it that sort of deal. Um, so that was like a big turning point. At that point I was probably like fourth grade. And, um, since then my mom had started seeking out kind of alternative health, and, um, so that was kind of my first exposure to things like acupuncture, um, chiropractic and anything outside of like the standard Western medicine route. Um, and fast forward, you know, through high school, through the, um, Friday night, like glory days. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> I tore my ACL in, um, my junior year of high school and I, wanted to play soccer in college, but since doing that, people kind of stopped looking at you for soccer scholarships. But um, it was a great kind of chapter and shift in my life because uh, I came in contact with this surgeon. Um, I interviewed like three different surgeons for my knee, and I went with the guy that told me I was, I was going to be as good 
as I put in the effort to be. Whereas the other two surgeons, um, and even one of them was came very highly regarded. Um, they would tell me, oh, you know, with the ACL tear, you'll probably be back maybe 80%, maybe 75 And I just wasn't having that. So I went with the guy that told me, you'll be as good as you put your effort in to be. And um, he made me do rehab um, for about six weeks before surgery. And then he made me do chiropractic, PT, rolfing, anything. Um, and I started that kind of healing journey the moment I woke up from surgery. Like there was massage therapist, there was a range of motion machine. Like he was definitely ahead of his time then. Um, so those kind of influenced me. And I started on the pre-med route at Texas A&M University. And um, fast forward to, let's say this other, this third milestone or turning point in my life. And um, my, I did a study abroad trip to Tanzania, Africa. And, um, I wanted to do a, it was a medical mission trip. And, you know, by this point in my life, I was, um, going to medical school. I wanted to be an orthopedic surgeon, you know, help people with their ACLs, just like that guy did for me. And, um, well, I was on this trip and I met this mom and, uh, you know, I share this story kind of in a little more detail on one of our podcasts, but, um, this mom brought her son to me and he was paralyzed on one side of his body and he was about six or seven years old. And, um, she also said that, um, he had seizures and the, the kind of, uh, answer that we were like instructed to give at that time, cause we were being overseen by medical doctors was, um, you know, just to prescribe a sedative to this kid and something kind of struck me funny and, um, I didn't really like putting this kid on medication when, you know, we didn't really have like the whole picture or, okay, but why, why are we doing this? Is there a long, like, is there an intention for the long haul? What's he going to do when we're out of here in like 30 days? Um, so that kind of hit me. I pulled the mom aside and it's like, look, your son's like, he's the special spirit he was. There's nothing wrong with him. He's just, you know, his soul's the same. He just kind of had a rough time starting out. And, um, you know, if we put him on these medications, they'll, um, kind of knock him out whenever he's on these seizures, having these seizures, but they're not going to really fix the problem in the grand scheme of things. So when that happened, I called my stepdad and, and probably the only payphone in Tanzania at that time. And, uh, I was like, well, good news and bad news. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going the medical route. Um, that's not for me anymore, <laughs> but the bad news is I have no idea what I want to do. And, um, you know, at that point I was just like at a loss. I was like, Oh my God, I don't know what to do. But, um, I, I encountered some great, uh, um, kind of care, like caregivers, if you want to call them that healers in my life. And I went back and shadowed a few and then I decided on the path of, um, chiropractic school. And that's what brought me to uh, California. And then one thing led to another. And uh, I stayed with chiropractic. And I started on this pregnancy pediatric route. Um, and that's kind of where I am today. <laughs> that's super, super brief, I guess. No, I think it, it speaks a lot to you wanting to get to the root cause of what's going on and, and mm -hmm. not being okay with just getting a standard answer, which is really important in all aspects of our health, but definitely with pregnancy because, you know, there's a lot of there's misconceptions, a, lot of <laughs> a yeah. lot of things you want to question. Yeah, for sure. Now, what got you interested in going the pregnancy <laughs> route? <laughs> um, that's a, that's another, yeah, that's another turning point, I guess, um, I, I still wanted to do, like when I entered chiropractic school, my focus was on sports and rehab and um, all that good stuff. Like from the time I moved out to California, I was interning at the Olympic Training Center in Chula Vista. And I'd probably do that like once a month, maybe once every few weeks. And um, I joined uh, this practice in Santa Monica that uh, where I was the only female and... Um, at that time, our focus was with professional athletes or, you know, they would contract us out to be on set for movies. And so it was like me and the boys. And um, 
we would rotate pretty much every three to four weeks, like one be on set, one be at an event, one be one or two be in the office. Um, so we kind of had this awesome system going, but um, at that time, I would just get the females that you know were any kind, were even thinking about breathing the word um, pregnancy, or maybe they came in with back pain and they'd had a kid like a year before. They would just put them all in um, on my schedule. It's <laughs> like, guys, I don't know anything about pregnancy or postpartum. And they're like, well, we don't either. Oh, like, no. oh my god. <laughs> well, I guess you're gonna learn. <laughs> yeah, and that's like honestly, that's the um, that's where probably most professionals are, whether they're PT, chiropractors, um, medical doctors. Like, unless they've specialized in some sort of pregnancy or pediatric route, like. Th- there's just a real kind of just subpar foundation of education that's offered, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I was like, well, if I'm going to do this, I might as well, you know, do it 150% because I can't do anything half-assed in life. Um, so I started a diplomat course in pregnancy and pediatrics through the ICPA, which is the International Chiropractic Pediatric Association. And, you know, that takes probably about two years to finish. Um, and then I started uh, doula training and I started attending some births and I had a client that came to me and um, her biggest, like her her sport or her like go-to thing is to be on screen. So that's, she wanted to have a baby in a certain time frame and she wanted to be back on camera in a certain time frame. And, uh, you know, I related that to injury a lot, especially with, um, like if you see a professional athlete, maybe they get injured, you know, at a certain time and they're like, oh, I want it to be, you know, 70%, 80%, 90% by playoffs or by opening season or a certain time frame. Um, so I was able to kind of integrate the two and, um, you know, it's funny, when she first came to me, she was like, I want my spine to be in alignment. I want my body to be working good. I want my nutrition to be on point. I really want to, like, be ready for birth. And, like, that's where the wheels started turning. And I was like, oh, okay, you want to be birth ready. And then I started playing with the words. And I'm like, oh, you, you're birth fit. Like, that's awesome. <laughs> ah, that's, um, that's how that was born. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it was just like a play on words then. And at the time, I wasn't even... I wasn't even in CrossFit. I wasn't, I would dabble in like some fitness. Um, but at that time I was mostly like treating like five, six days a week, like working my ass off that way. But, um, it was funny. That was kind of how it was born. And, um, I approached, I mean, this is, uh, all out in the open. I approached the company that I worked for. I was like, okay, I think, uh, you know, we could really offer something for, the women that come through our door and they just weren't pumped about it. And if they wanted to support the business idea, they wanted to own majority of it. So I was like, you know what? I quit. And I just on a whim quit and decided to take the leap of faith and run with BirthFit. And that's kind of what I've done ever since. (laughs) Good for you. So what is BirthFit? For those of you that don't know, or you've never heard of BirthFit, can you explain what, what you created? Yeah. So it started as a blog and basically this blog just started as my opinion as I would read stuff and do research, um, specifically for the clients that I had at the time, whether they were dual clients or chiropractic, um, patients. And, um, you know, it was just my opinion and people kept like sending me messages or tagging me or whatever, like, Hey, I really valued this phrase or this really resonated with me. And they're like, keep going. Like, we love this. Women need to hear this. I was like, oh, my God. Okay. Um, and, um, you know, it started really, really to sink in. Like, the more I attended births and the more I was just, like, dug deeper into the birth world, I just realized there was more of a need for, like, a mindset shift or a paradigm shift. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of our goal with birth fit. Um birth fit the definition like that we've created is that it means an empowered and educated state of readiness specifically for childbirth and 
that's achieved through an evolved practice in fitness, nutrition, chiropractic, and mindset. So those four pillars play a big role in kind of navigating somebody's um, way or path through pregnancy, postpartum, that whole, you know, kind of two to three year motherhood transition. So can you go over some of the, some of the aspects of those four pillars? So what is sure. birth fits philosophy <laughs> on fitness, nutrition, chiropractic, and mindset? Yeah, for sure. Um, okay. So let's see fitness. Let's start fitness because that's like the, uh, what everybody loves and that's where we trick people into like following us on Instagram and stuff like that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But fitness to us, this means um, training in such a way that uh, it's functional movements and these functional movements are carried over through or carried in your everyday life. Um, We believe that movement is life. And we're made to move. And, um, you know, for some people, we have to find what motivates us and integrate that into the kind of birth fit methodology. But we believe in functional movement. We believe in um, finding those, um, what do you call them, the 10 physical skills like cardio, stamina, strength, flexibility, power, speed, coordination, agility, balance. Um, all of those play a role in throughout pre pregnancy and then again in labor and delivery. Um, fitness, we train all three, um, uh, uh kind of energy pathways, the phosphagen, glycolytic, um, and aerobic because we don't know if we're going to have a three hour birth or a three day birth. Like all of those energy pathways are needed for, um, labor and delivery. And then for, for being a mom on the other side, um, what else about fitness? The, uh, our fitness kind of comes from our fitness foundation. Um, I kept going back to, um, why this and like right now in the fitness world, functional training is such a trendy kind of, um, use of words. And, um, so I kept going like, okay, functional movements, what's the deal with functional movements? And if you've ever taken, um, the CrossFit Level 1, they do a really good job of describing what functional movements are. And, you know, they're, they start from central of the body and they move out, core to extremity. Um, these are innate kind of universal movements that if you were to leave a human being alone, all human beings would, you know, either squat this way or lift something this way. Um, they're probably the most safe, efficient way of moving a load, you know. Um so I was like, okay, that's, I like that, how they describe functional movements, but I kept thinking, okay, why? So then we did more research and more research, and this led us to DNS, which is dynamic neuromuscular stabilization. And um, DNS is kind of the basis of uh, why we train the way we do, why we heal the way we do in the postpartum phase. And um, DNS is based on, I can never say this word correctly, ontogenesis, which is um, how babies learn to move or how we as humans learn to move through space. And um, are the, the basic first kind of movement is our breath. And, you know, our breath connects us from the physical to the non-physical. And that breath is formed in your diaphragm, you know, like, that diaphragm is right under your rib rib cage, which your rib cage sits on top of your pelvis. And once you, when you are breathing correctly, your pelvic floor moves and it's stable and it's flowing and it's not rigid or hypertonic or loose or anything. When everything kind of is in harmony, then it's um, it's functionally functioning as it should. So we were like really drawn to DNS. There, all their studies, like man, they've research the shit out of things um and um you know the Prague school of rehab is what it's called and basically that's how we started our queen in training programming um why we do some of the progressions we do um or why we break things down the way we do but um if you go on our like youtube video there's something called the functional progression and this is basically i get functional movement broken down to like the 
smallest movement or smallest progression that it could be. And it's how babies learn to move in space. So if you have a young one and they're like starting to notice their hands and their feet for the first time, that would be a functional progression uh, one. And as they learn to roll over and they're starting to like get curious about other things and, you know, their, and their motivation is their curiosity, like, oh, let me see what's over there. Um, then they're moving into functional progression two and then so on to functional progression three. And then they learn to stand up via like the functional progression four. Um, but that's kind of, um, <laughs> that's uh, a lot about fitness, but, um, that's kind of where our backbone is. And then we build from that. And, um, you know, people kind of ask, uh, where do I learn programming and stuff like that? And, I've probably been doing programming since like six years, seven years. Um, but one of the things that I loved was the, um, the way of the conjugate method and, um, how they have very little injuries and, um, they do things very smart as far as increasing strength and, um, uh, keeping the athletes confidence boosted and athlete empowered um, so I use a lot of their kind of tricks and trade of uh, always uh, keeping things varied. And, you know, Laura and Shane are awesome, and they, they love BirthFit, which is even better. <laughs> yeah. I, I loved your training in the sense that you incorporated a lot of visualization and breathing exercises and had moms apply working out to what labor is going to be like. Yeah. I think it was so important. There's a couple of days in the programming that, you know, you did long rows or you did <laughs> like a jog and you're like, you know what? Your labor could last for a long time. Yeah. So let's get you used to being comfortable and, you know, work on that endurance. And uncomfortable. Yeah. Sure. And uncomfortable. And then, you know, there were workouts that were short and sweet. Um, you know, really, helps moms connect the physical aspects of labor with exercise. And I know there's a couple of times where I was doing, you know, modified push-ups or I was doing yeah. some kind of press that were hard. And I kept telling myself, like, one more rep, you can do it. And one more push, like equating that last really difficult yeah. rep to, okay, baby will be out or this workout will be over soon, um, <laughs> you know. And right. it really, it's really important because we forget that giving birth is a very physical Physical, physically demanding event that can be short or long for sure and you know the hard part about birth as I'm sure many of the moms and yourself listening like whether it's baby number one or baby number two or five you don't know how long it's going to last and I think that's the most the most challenging part is to allow yourself to let go and just get lost in your body in your thoughts and like having that healthy relationship just with your body and your thoughts helps so much. And it's not going to be there unless you train that. Yeah, exactly. So would you, I, when people ask me about birth fit and they ask what it is, my definition, my really quick elevator pitch is that yeah. it's like smart CrossFit, but specifically for pregnancy, mm -hmm. that's not going to get you injured. <laughs> right. Is I, How do you explain so it? I think everybody has a different definition of them, of it. Um, I just call it a whole body approach to motherhood transition, whether it's, um, you know, you get in with birth fit and pregnancy, or maybe you meet us afterwards in the uh, postpartum series. Like it's you're, wherever you meet us or wherever we meet you, it's going to involve your whole body, whether it's uh, your mind, your physical body, maybe it involves nutrition and the choices you make. But um, it's definitely, yeah, it's definitely much more than fitness is what we tell people. <laughs> okay, cool. So let's get into the other parts then. What, yeah. about, what about nutrition? What do you have to say about oh. nutrition? So nutrition, <laughs> which is funny, I love um, telling people to eat real food. Um, for me and like me more so than probably my partner, Logan, um, if I eat something that is uh, not great for me, I feel the effects almost immediately. So we tell parents, moms, dads, whoever, like food is the fuel for our movement. It's the fuel for our body. It's, it will either enhance your performance or it will 
not not so much and we had to use a negative term but it will you know start to break things down um and during pregnancy everything's exaggerated whether it's an ache in your hip or um you know the lack of sleep you didn't get um everything kind of you know comes to the surface so if you're eating um you know i don't know I can't even think of any junk food anymore, but if you're having a, a Coke maybe every other day or, you know, a bag of chips once or twice a week, that, that stuff does show up. And, um, you know, we've had people come back to us during their second or third pregnancy and they're like, you know, I really should have stayed on my diet because, you know, maybe they developed um, preeclampsia or uh, gestational diabetes or something that, you know, you never know if and when you know, during that time, if it could have helped the situation or not. But, um, you know, so many studies influence uh, or saying now how the in utero influences um, the child's health, you know, immediately in life and later in life. And a lot of that's related to um, nutrition. So it's really important that we're getting nutrients, you know, daily. Um, so as you say, like eat real food. And for us, this means meats, fish, um, healthy fats, fruits, vegetables, uh, <laughs> hydration, hydration is key, um, fish oil, what else? Um, you know, be careful with prenatals, like uh, definitely read the labels on those. But um, yeah, eat real food. And, you know, for us, uh, the vegetarian, vegan diet doesn't really show up anywhere else in any culture. So it's hard for us to support that. But if we have somebody that's a vegetarian um, vegan, we kind of uh, either encourage them to get some meat in their diet um, or work really closely with their chefs if they have one, you know? Well, it sounds like our approach for sure, eating yeah. real food and then navigating some of the pregnancy challenges like morning yeah. sickness and nausea and food aversions yeah. the best that you can. It's, a, it's funny. Like, um, I have had people... Um, you know, get food aversions, but for the most part, and you know, this is just majority and I should have like taken case studies on this, but, um, for the people that are maybe 80, 20 paleo or a little bit more 90, 10 paleo going into pregnancy, they seem to have a smoother transition. Um, now I don't know if that's true or just the people that I'm working with in this bubble in Los Angeles, but, um, you know, they do have morning sickness, but, um, you know, it seems to be a smoother transition than, let's say, ones that, you know, maybe aren't living the real food, paleo-ish diet sort of thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of it, you know, comes down to blood sugar regulation yeah. and knowing your food sensitivities. And, um, you know, I one of my really good friends is a naturopathic doctor, and she probably eats better than I do most <laughs> of the time. And she actually developed pretty awful morning sickness. Um, oh. but you know, there's, there could be other underlying things going right. on. So yeah, I think food in your diet going into pregnancy does play a role, but now that I know too, like her and then, um, another friend of mine who eat really, really healthy, clean diets, they both developed it. I'm like, okay, there's more to the story <laughs> than that. <laughs> you gotta be 80, 20. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, awesome. And then what about chiropractic work? Um, I know you talked about yeah. being part of – you're Webster certified, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. So you want to talk a little bit about chiropractic work? For sure. Um, chiropractic to me is um, kind of an art and a skill. And, you know, there's all kinds of chiropractors out there, just like there's all kinds of nutritionists or coaches or – asthma doctors or orthopedics or dentists, um, they all practice in their own way. And, um, you know, the way I really resonated with the chiropractic philosophy, meaning, um, you know, the straight philosophy of the power that made the body can heal the body. And my hands, my, I'm just here to facilitate health or to facilitate healing. And my job is to find um, any sort of asymmetry in the body, any sort of, um, we call it subluxation where, you know, the, a vertebrae just isn't in alignment. And my job is to basically offer an adjustment or, um, you know, in return, also within conjunction with the other modalities I use, um, such as breathing and, you know, certain types of muscle work, um, 
all that together allows the body to reset and, um, you know, kind of do the job that it's made to do. Um, a chiropractic adjustment is so powerful and it allows, um, maybe if the lights were on a dimmer, like if, uh, let's say if, you know, I'm adjusting L3 on the lumbars and, um, you know, maybe this problem, maybe this woman was having fertility issues, maybe stress, whatever. But if her L3 was shifted laterally or rotated and, you know, an adjustment there kind of, you know, restores that function, then it allows the nerves that exit out of that um, area into organs and muscles to kind of increase the dimmer switch to allow the lights to be functioning uh, back on or fully as they were designed to. But, um, you know, chiropractic to me is a full body approach. And um, with things like the Webster technique, um, we're looking at any sort of asymmetries or irregularities like in range of motion. And our goal is just to balance the body to allow for more space or real estate for the baby to move around. Um, and that's kind of the biggest goal for keeping the pelvis functioning during pregnancy. Um, I love treating pregnant women, but I love even more <laughs> when they come to me maybe once or twice during their first trimester. And, you know, they keep kind of um, a regular schedule going on. And then we get to, you know, weeks 30 to 34, and it's just maintenance. Um, it's kind of a bummer when an ob or somebody will send somebody my way at weeks 34, 35, and they just found out their breach. Because, you know, there's a lot of um, breach presentations that can be um, – kind of avoided if we've paid attention to the woman's musculoskeletal system to start with, um, like avoiding things like sitting or laying on one side or working on one side the whole time. Um, these are just things that maybe, you know, the woman hasn't ever been aware of, but if we could address those early on, you know, maybe this could have uh, pre- prevented kind of the breach presentation. Um, you know, for postpartum, I love seeing a woman, you know, you know, within 48 hours of birth, that's, that would be ideal. Um, but most of the time it's within two weeks of birth. And, um, you know, there we start to reset the foundation, rebuild. And it is like postpartum is actually my favorite time because there's so much growth and, um, kind of recalibration that can happen and healing. And I wish, I wish everybody could have a chiropractor or body worker or somebody that, you know, can just guide them through the, you know, immediate uh, kind of six to eight weeks of the postpartum period. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to selfishly ask this. So you said like 40, <laughs> yeah. 48 hours after birth or, you know, is ideal or two to three weeks. And then how often would you recommend someone postpartum coming to see a chiropractor for you know, ensuring that they're getting back into a proper alignment <laughs> and pelvic floor issues? I yeah. want to be preventative. So yeah, what sure. do we do? Um, so... I'll tell you my schedule and then I'll tell you what I recommend to other people um, if they're not in my area. Um, ideally, I would see somebody once a week for the first three months. Um, so obviously, the first or second week, um, I may be going to their house. But other than that, um, they're coming in to see me once a week for like the first three months. Um, my visits are a little different in that um, I spend about 30 to 45 minutes with my clients. Um, and this involves muscle work, breathing, um, energy work, chiropractic adjustments. It involves kind of a lot. And, um, you know, so if you're just working with somebody that offers adjustments, make sure they're the best at adjustments. But I would also get in with maybe somebody that knows rothing or Mayan massage, or, um, you know, some sort of healing for the postpartum time. Um, and then after the once a week thing for like three months, I'll recommend that they come see me once every other week, especially if they're training. I mean, if they're training, ideally, I like to see them once a week minimum. Um, but, um, we kind of, we consider the whole postpartum, the immediate postpartum period to be nine months. So I don't expect anybody to feel normal for nine 
to 12 months postpartum. Um, you know, there's glimmers like of hope and, um, oh, I, I'm, I got my new, my, my jeans on or this fit or that fit, you know, around three to six months. Um, there's like kind of windows there, but the body, it takes so long for the body to heal. Um, so we really consider the like nine to 12 months, the Im- immediate postpartum timing. Um, did that answer your question? <laughs> yeah, it did. And I just, I think it's a bunch of crap that postpartum is defined as six weeks after exactly. birth. Nobody is ready and back to pre-pregnant state oh. or non-pregnant no, state by that time. No. Oh. And when you do the adjustments, like if you are seeing a mom, do you recommend that she bring her baby as well for craniosacral or? For sure. Yeah. Um, definitely. If I go to the woman's house, I'll check the baby. Um, and then if it's like one of their first appointments, they'll bring the baby in. Um, and so that kind of works out. Um, if there's something going, like I'm so blessed in Los Angeles to have one of my colleagues, Dr. Mora, who's a cranial sacral expert. Um, so if I don't see something clearing up for a pediatric, um, then I'll send them her way, like right away, because there's so much you can do within the first year, two years of life. Um, and babies respond so well. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not like showing change or, you know, something's not right within two to three visits. I'm like, okay, go see Dr. Mora right now. Okay. Got it. <laughs> cool. Um, what about mindset? How does that apply to your birth fit philosophy? Yeah. So our biggest thing is to live with intention and live with intention through this growth mindset lens. Um, there's a book out there called Mindset, and I think the author is Carol Dweck. But um, in there, she talks about a growth mindset versus fixed mindset. Um, this book, and I think the book, um, How How to Have a Good Day or something like that, both of those really influenced uh, kind of navigating through the mindset pillar, like when I was uh, designing it. And um, having a growth mindset applies to anything. And, you know, a simple example would be, um, you know, I'm not good at English. I fail all the tests, so I'm just not going to study for it. I'm better, I'm gifted at math. You know, I'm going to maybe study for it, maybe not, but I keep excelling there. It's just accepting those things as they're seen without trying to study, without trying to, like, dig deeper, with no, with just, you've accepted what society has put the label on. And, um, you know, we can really take that over into the pregnancy birth world because, you know, especially with our generations and generations in the future, um, C-sections are a lot more common. And, um, you know, probably about 50% of my clientele, their, their moms has ha- have had C-sections. And, you know, for them, it could be a thing like, oh, my mom had a C-section, so I know I'm have a C-section or they told my mom she had a small pelvis. So I know I have a small pelvis. Well, let's dig deeper and let's see why, why did your mom have a cesarean birth or why did they tell her this? Or why did they tell you this? You know, um, it's just not accepting any sort of label. It's allowing yourself to expand beyond kind of the horizons that are there. Um, so yeah, birth is intense. It's a raw experience. We have, um, higher thinking than any other mammals. And uh, we're actually the only mammals conditioned to fear birth. So through our mindset work, we kind of choose, like, um, you know, maybe somebody works better with meditation. Maybe somebody works better with um, lifting or something. But um, through this, we integrate this into our um, training um, to have an awareness, kind of an appreciation, and to... Um, kind of set the intention for not only the big plan, but every day, you know, every practice that we have daily. Um, yeah, I think that's, I think that's 
Yeah. And with the mindset, you know, like you said, maybe getting a second opinion is something yeah. that, you know, if your doctor says, well, based on what happened with your mom or based, I think that your baby's going to be big or whatever yeah. they say, maybe you just need to get a second opinion. If something doesn't feel right, it may not be right. And so it's worth checking out. And, sure. and then, you know, surrounding yourself with people that support you in your desires, whether that's a hospital birth or a home birth. Um, mm-hmm. I think we can really have others birth experience rub off on us, um, for the better or worse, you know, um, you know, your, your mom may have had a cesarean and so she she thinks the only way to have a safe birth is a hospital and that may not be true for you. So I think, um, who, who you're with can, can really play a role. It totally does. And I've seen that, like, it's great that you mentioned that because I've seen that happen too many times, um, where like friends, like good friends, like Maybe one had a child two years before and maybe they had a bit of a traumatic experience or maybe it wasn't the experience that they had written out as their perfect birth. And literally just hanging out and, you know, breathing in that conversation that friend A was having, friend B experienced the same birth um, or, you know, with siblings and moms. Um, every birth, whether it's the first or the fourth kid in the same family, like, Everything is different. Um, so I'd encourage everybody to treat each one as its own unique experience. Yep, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so what are you, you are a doula, you're a chiropractor, you do programming. Yeah. So what are some important lessons you've learned, you know, outside of the mindset thing that we talked about, um, really knowing your body and trusting your body? I'm sure you have lots of lessons that you can take away from your mama's birth. So I, I think no. you just have so much wisdom to share and I want to soak it all up. Um, well, you know, kind of the biggest, somebody asked me kind of the biggest takeaway, I would say, you know, over the past couple of years. And um, honestly, the biggest takeaway I have is that our system is broken and like I was, I mentioned earlier, it's even more, I was going to cuss, but I try not to. Um, it's even more messed up than I had originally seen, you know, back in 2010. And, um, you know, the sad part about it is that women are taught or they're, it's learned to be, to think of their bodies as lemons or malfunctions or, you know, there is something wrong with them when deep down, like there's nothing wrong with you ever. Like, and I, you know, it's so sad when, um, like I just started treating this woman. Um, and she came from like, I forgot where she gave birth before, but they basically told her, you know, failure to progress. And that's kind of a lump all term that they use for, you know, not progressing according to the Friedman's curve, yada, yada. But, um, you know, she was made to believe that her body wasn't able to do its job whenever she was only allowed to label or labor for like 12 hours and she got to six centimeters. You know, they just could have allowed her more freaking time. Um, but yeah, women are more powerful than our society gives us like credit for than, you know, anybody gives women credit for. And I think, um, you know, when women kind of unleash that raw power that they have and I see this you know in some of the most beautiful births and you know not beautiful in the setting sense but it's so primal it's so raw and this woman you know she'll tap into the center of her being and you know when you truly dig deep and find that power um it's funny Tammy Kent calls it wild feminine but when that when you truly unleash that that's amazing and um you know, I want every woman to own their wild feminine or their power. And, you know, don't freaking listen to society. This freaking model's broken anyways. <laughs> yeah, and like you were saying, some of the terms that are said to women, like your failure to progress, women yeah. take it internally like, oh, I'm a failure, or yeah. you have an incompetent cervix. Well, yeah. is there a better way to say that, really? You know? Yeah, um, so all graded, I would say, so subjectively. Like, it varies from person to person or doctor to doctor. 
it's so wild. <laughs> it is so wild. And I think that's why having people on your team and, and it's so important to choose a birth provider that you feel comfortable with that is going to help educate and empower you in your birth. You know, having a doula, I think is one of the best gifts that you can give yourself and your family. Um, you know, having people, you know, being careful who you talk to about your birth and who you yeah. listen to again, um, yeah. so I that you can build. There's, there's this, um, I used to teach, uh, hypnobirthing classes and I think it's them. They sell these buttons that, um, you know, like buttons that you can pin on yourself, which I don't know if anybody does anymore, but, <laughs> um, they sold these buttons where it said only happy birth stories, please. And man, I would give the people wanted those. I should get some more of those, but they would love wearing those to like their mother-in-law's house or somewhere, you know, um, or to the grocery store. They're the best things. <laughs> yeah. And especially if you are having a birth that is different from societal's norm of going to a hospital, you're going to oh. get a lot of, um, strange looks and people rolling their eyes or people telling you their horror stories. And it can really shake you if you're not confident in yourself and your body. Yeah, totally. Okay, so how can moms play a more active role in their pregnancy? Mm -hmm. We talked about working out and how that's so important for getting you physically and mentally ready for the big day and for postpartum, um, how nutrition can really play a role in preventing things like preeclampsia and gestational diabetes. Uh, But what are some of the other things that you recommend to your doula clients? Um. What, the biggest thing I want, like, I guess practice, and this could involve, you know, an awareness practice, meditation practice. Um, I talk about pra- practice meaning training, um, practice referring to nutrition, like your habits there. Um, and when you start to practice things, like maybe it's five minutes a day of breathing, and that's all you can give right now because they're, you're like, I've never meditated in my life. I'm not doing it, whatever, whatever. But that's all you got. Fine. Maybe all you can do is, you know, the pre-made paleo meals. Totally fine. Instead of, you know, prepping food twice a week. Um, you know, it's about creating little practices today that will influence tomorrow. And maybe these practices that are tomorrow grow into maybe a 10-minute practice the next week and so on and so on. Um, but we're constantly evolving through this practice, but this practice creates discipline. It creates habits and these habits are formed in our subconscious mind. And, you know, when we labor, we don't change who we are. We don't change kind of our characteristics, our mannerisms. We don't change anything. And, you know, especially if it's not in our subconscious. So, All of this is designed to get into our subconscious to become habits. And, you know, when these habits are created and they're in our subconscious, then that's what allows us freedom during labor, freedom during, you know, to be empowered. Um, You know, the simplest thing is freedom with movement. And, um, you know, if you're not comfortable squatting, um, like this is a big one. We have a bunch of yogis that come to us because they're super flexible, but maybe they're not, um, as strong or they want to increase their strength. Um, because maybe they can't sit in the bottom of a squat for 10 minutes. Um, so we encourage them to train with us twice a week, but, um, you know, if they're not comfortable in the bottom of a squat or a lunge, or they can't hold their own body weight in that position, then let's say when labor comes and if, baby's only on one side or one side feels better, then that position is going to be or feel very foreign to that mom. Um, so it won't really offer her the freedom to move in that sense. Yeah, I think um, as far as habits and training go, one of the biggest things that helped me with my birth uh, was learning how to breathe and learning how to tap into the breath when things got real. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) And you can learn that from many different ways. That could be taught and practiced through meditation. That could be learned through vigorous exercise or through yoga. But it gets it can get really intense during labor. And Mm -hmm. whether you... um, learn that through one of those practices or through hypnobirthing or through many other techniques. It it doesn't matter, but whatever sticks and becomes familiar and comfortable for you can really get you through those tough times. Totally. Totally. 
Okay, so as a as a doula, as somebody in this birth world, I know you have access to a lot of amazing and very educated people. Um, oh. So, what are your favorite resources that you give to moms? Oh. Um. Oh, resources. Let's see. Um. You know, as uh, I'm going to be super radical and say, like, research vaccines. <laughs> um. Because there's a lot of, just like in the fitness world, in the nutrition world, there's a lot of in that world too. Um, and, you know, unfortunately in California, stuff like the right to choose is being taken away. Um, you know, these are parental rights that I think, um, you know, it's family thing. Like, it's not, not my choice whether one vaccinates their child or not. not, my, not it's not my issue. Um, but that's a big one, um, especially in California. Um, well, and especially because, you know, if you don't want the hepatitis B or something that they give you your baby immediately out of the hospital, you have to be proactive in telling them that. Oh, for sure. You have to tell them, sign AMA. Um, whereas like if you're having a home birth or a birth center birth, it's not really pushed upon you. Um, cause they they wait. They want you to embrace the skin to skin time, <laughs> mm-hmm. but um, yeah, you have to be aware of that stuff going into the hospital and um, Hep B, erythromycin, vitamin K. Um, you have to know what your or where your angle is on all those. Um, and there's great resources like the Dr. Sears books, NVIC, um, you know, um, Modern Alternative Pregnancy, um, Evidence Based Birth is a good. Uh, kind of website that freaking Rebecca works her ass off um, to do all these this research just maybe about a specific subject. And I think right now she's doing, or she just did Friedman's Curve. Um, and I was on this webinar the other night where she was um, talking about just everything that's wrong with it. <laughs> so mm-hmm. like, why, like, she's, I love the time she puts into it because, you know, if, I, I don't have time to research, and she's much better at it than me, so I refer parents there all the time. <laughs> oh, I love her website, yeah. Yeah. We'll put that um, in the show notes. She's great. Uh, modern Alternative Pregnancy is another one. I think they have a Modern Alternative Mom. Um, you know, I look up things like um, Dr. Tim O'Shea is um, a big natural immunity guy, Um there's Weston A. Price, like all that good stuff. Um, Gina Kirby has a kind of progressive parenting radio. She's, um, and it may be like a TV show or something now, but all the stuff she does is pretty good. There's a Rosalind Ross parenting. Um, I forgot the name of her, uh, website or blog or something, but she always posts on Facebook and I'll read it there. Um, Rosalind Ross. Um, you know who else is pretty like, on point with their like um, parenting is John Wellborn. So anytime I can have a conversation with him, I'm like, yes. <laughs> and he was on your podcast. I listened to that one. Yeah, he's yeah, <laughs> yeah. And he has twins, right? Twin girls. Yeah, he has twin girls and a boy. A boy, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool to hear a dad's perspective on all this, oh, too. Sure. I think it's helpful, you know, if your partner wants to listen to the interview or, you know, as a, a mom, if you want to listen to the interview and hear the dad's side of the story. For sure. His, you know, dads, and I, I feel for dads. And, um, I mean, so one of the reasons why parents have loved my kind of birth education course is because it's, you know, it's chill and the dads like it. And so the moms are like, yeah. He's, they're pumped to come back for week two. I'm like, yes. <laughs> yeah, you need but, to be a team in this. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, they don't, they can't feel the changes that are going on within your body. They can't, they don't know what's really happening until it hits them. And then it's like a brick wall that hits them. And they're like, holy, I have to provide for this human being. Like, I'm, I got to be the sole provider or like this human being requires love and patience and all of these things that I don't know if I have. I, poor guys. <laughs> right. Like moms have had a little prep time, a little adjusting, but 
Oh man. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, new moms can be kind of scary at times. Yeah, too. for sure. <laughs> um, and you know, with dads, I think there's new research and there's a lot of talk right now about ma- the guys getting postpartum depression. You know, it's not just oh, a for thing sure. for moms. And of course it's not due to hormones for them, but it's due to this huge life change that happens. Yeah. And sometimes with uh, your partner, it might come later on. And, um, you know, this happens too with pregnancy loss where the, the partner is so busy taking care of his, his wife or the other partner and they're not allowed to really show or express their emotions or they're just so busy that they don't Mm -hmm. tap into that until the mom starts to recuperate and maybe this is nine months down the road or 18 months and she starts feeling like herself and then the partner (laughs) is like okay now uh, now I need healing (laughs) now let's pay attention to me yeah (laughs) right (laughs) So that's good information. Okay, and I want to end off with um, talking about your online coaching programs. Um, you you mentioned briefly about the Queen in Training, and that's your postpartum uh, ebook series. Uh, but I want to hear more about BirthFit. I want you to talk to our our audience about what you offer because it's such great stuff, all of it. Yeah, um, we offer kind of a ton of things right now. Um, there, okay, so around the nation, there's affiliates, which probably in 2017, maybe sooner, we're going to change all the names, and they're going to be called regional directors. Um, but each of these regional directors, affiliates, they offer the BirthFit prenatal series, the BirthFit postpartum series, and they're able to lead little workshops in their area, consultations, all that good stuff. Um, and usually these women wear multiple hats, women or men, excuse me, um, they're either a chiropractor and doula or chiropractor and strength and conditioning coach or, um, a captain in the air force and a coach or, you know, and most of these women are, are moms of two, three and four children. Um, so they definitely have the mom experience there as well. Um, but, uh, they're big leaders in their community. So if you're in any of these areas, I would say go to them soak up all the knowledge they know um but yeah if you aren't in any of these areas then we go online and um as much as we want all of the learning to happen in person or with somebody you know that's just not possible for everybody um so online we have prenatal coaching and uh we have consultations um and we also have ebooks and um we have the podcast we have webinars, which we haven't done in a long time, but we are getting back on this. Um, but the prenatal coaching is um, kind of a continuous thing. It's four days of training a week, and it has a warm-up, a um, strength portion, conditioning, accessory portion. And as, as you mentioned earlier, incorporate some mindset stuff, um, some birth education stuff. And, um, you know, that's where you'll see my influence of the conjugate method, along with maybe some power athlete stuff, strongman stuff, um, and then combined with, you know, the doula, childbirth educator knowledge, I know, all that goes into there. Um, and then, you know, our queen in training ebooks, each of those are four weeks, and um, they're designed from, like, breath work through, you know, eight weeks later, moving a barbell. Um, and what's crazy is, you know, those books have been out for maybe two years, at least the first one, maybe a little less, but, um, you know, I've been, uh, putting everything into a different program. So we're going to combine all the queen and training with a lot more stuff. And, um, hopefully in less than a month, (laughs) though, we'll actually be able to offer 15 weeks of online postpartum coaching. And, um, you know, we're just kind of putting the final touches on that. But it goes from breathing to mindset to, okay, now let's move a barbell. Let's incorporate the barbell with your breath, incorporate some accessory work. Um, and, you know, everything that we do, whether it's prenatal or postpartum training, um, we've put through the test. So either... Um, you know, I've tried all the workouts or um, I throw everything <laughs> to my affiliates and I make them try all the workouts. So, 
you know, with the queen in training one and two, I made Erica and some other moms, you know, that were just had baby number three and four. I was like, y'all got to try this because I want to see how this does, um, you know, healing diastasis. And, you know, Erica had baby number four, did queen in training one and two, and, you know, off, like, no more separation in her abs, all good. Um, you know, and that's the experience I've gotten from so many other moms. And, you know, I just, I love the fact that I can say, okay, we've tried these, now, you know, you do them. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, I'm putting it to the test as well. I'm planning on doing the queen in training <laughs> after baby number two is born. Um, What's baby number two do? Oh, God, any day. I'm 38 uh-huh. weeks, so yeah, <laughs> could come any day now. Um, nice. But yeah, so I'll be putting it to the test and kind of sharing my experience too. Um, really excited. I purchased the programs. I think you put, you did a great job putting it together. And I'm, I'm happy you were able to come on and share a little bit about BirthFed and your philosophy with our audience. So thank you so much for your time, Lindsay. Oh, for sure, for sure. Is there anything else you want to tell our listeners oh. or leave leave us with? <laughs> Any of your wisdom? Oh. Um, you know, I guess if I had to give anybody any tips, the biggest one, you know, and the reason why BirthFed is to get to know your body. Like, um all the the four pillars, the avenues, all of that's designed to get to know your body and to get to know your strength. Um, because like we talked about, birth is raw. You're vulnerable. It takes a lot of freaking courage. Um, so getting to know yourself on some of the deepest levels is key. And I guess that's where I would end it. <laughs> All right, perfect. Well, thank you so much for your time, and we'll put all of the links and the resources in the show notes, so make sure to check that out. And really appreciate your time, Lindsay. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks so much. All right, bye-bye. You too. Bye. So this is it. Please remember that the views on this podcast and website are not meant to be substituted for medical advice, shouldn't be used to diagnose, treat, or cure any conditions, and are intended for general information purposes only. And thank you for listening to Real Food Mamas. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and share the podcast to help us spread the real food word. We also invite you to visit our website, realfoodmamaspodcast.com, and our new Facebook page, Real Food Mamas, to find past episodes, leave comments, and ask questions for future shows. Remember, we're also on iTunes and Stitcher. Now go on, have a good day, and nourish and nurture you and your family.